I'm Janae McDonald-Wilborn, and this is A Drop of Encouragement. Before we get started with today's podcast, I thought I would share with you one of my new favorite things, and those are the clean towels from Clean Skin Club. Clean Skin Club provides biodegradable towels. They're soft, they're durable, and most important, they don't have all the bacteria on them that the towel hanging in your bathroom probably has right now. I know, it's gross. But don't worry, you can grab some clean skin towels and use them in your skincare routine from now on. Just go to cleanskinclub.com, use my name, Janae, as your coupon code, and save a little bit as well. All right, enough about that. Let's get on with the podcast. Welcome back to A Drop of Encouragement with me, Janae McDonald Wilborn. Today, I want to continue our conversation on grief. And as I continue it, let me just throw in, first of all, my disclaimer. I am not a licensed therapist or counselor or a psychiatrist or psychologist. I am a licensed minister um, and a person who's been in a lot of therapy. <laughs> so I'm coming to you with my experience and I'm coming to you um, with um, the results of just conversations that I've had and with biblical truth. And I hope to combine all that to encourage you in this area of grief. But today I want to really focus more on grieving situations and losses and disappointments that are not the loss of a person in your life. Because I, that's what I talked about in part one. If you missed it, please go back and listen. Um, but today I really want to focus on grieving changes in life, whether they are changes we initiate or changes that are initiated by others. Because as I said in part one, in my ongoing dialogue with my husband on this topic, we have really um, raised the bar on encouraging one another to grieve disappointments and really take our time with that and to recognize grief when it's happening that is tied to changes or redirections that, whether they were expected or not, have caused something, a big shift in our lives. Um, We really want to give ourselves the space to do that because we can see, looking back, which you know, you get so much insight when you look back in your life, we can see where grief was happening but was unacknowledged and unrealized and not encouraged in any way. And we struggled so much more through those transitional times when we didn't recognize that we needed to be encouraged to grieve. So let me tell you an example of what I'm talking about. My husband and I have been married for an 11 and a half years. And when we got married, we were both in our 30s. Okay, fine. He was 30 and I was deeper into my 30s. But we don't have to name names and call out numbers, do we? Um, we went into this relationship from that early time knowing how much we both were aiming towards marriage in our lives and marriage with each other. And we did counseling and all the things. And then we got married And what we didn't realize was there was going to be a season, a period of time where all the changes that came with being married, as good as many of them were, as eager as we were to accept so many of them and embrace many of them, there were going to be changes that were going to be hard, that were going to cause us to miss being single. Now, I'm not talking about dating other people. I'm talking about really small day-to-day, the minutia of the day-to-day that that you become accustomed to and comfortable with and you're used to just flowing a certain way and then you suddenly get into this marriage relationship and you can't do things the same way anymore. It's as simple as deciding what to eat for dinner. And when you're single, you eat what you want to eat, right? If you can afford it, if you can make it work, if you're not too tired to go out and get the takeout or 
I mean, I guess if you cook, um, you, you get to eat what you want to do, want to eat. But when you get married, you're supposed to come home and have dinner together. And there has to be a thought to what the other person likes and doesn't like. And the fact that he's not someone that wants to eat Mexican every three days. So you're going to have to make something different than your standard plate of nachos. Um, apparently that's not a meal to some people. I don't understand. Um, yes, he's not from Texas, but those little things, um, picking out furniture and realizing neither one of you may be able to get the exact piece of furniture you both love because you don't both love the same thing, but you can find one that you both like, and that's the one you get. There's a compromise factor. Um, all of those details and minutia that caused you to realize I have left something behind. And here's the thing. We both walked willingly and eagerly into marriage. So it wasn't like we were forced to leave something behind, but there was still a loss. Even in that willing, desired choice, there was a loss of something that had come before. And because there was a loss, there was grief. We didn't know that. We didn't recognize that that's what we were feeling. And so we didn't really allow ourselves to grieve. I didn't think I was allowed to say, I miss being single in this way and that way. I'm sad about it. I didn't think I was supposed to be sad about it. So I was repressing, suppressing those feelings and trying to just plow forward and ignore them and and also feeling a little bit of guilt and shame for the grief that I was experiencing. Now, when I when we talk to couples that are newly married, we will tell them, you're going to grieve your single life. You don't believe me now, but it's going to happen. And when it happens, I want you to know right now that it's okay. And you should talk to someone married about it that you trust. You can call us and we'll, we'll, we'll talk you through it. Because, But it's okay to grieve it. And you should grieve it and acknowledge that you're grieving it. It doesn't mean you don't like being married. It doesn't mean you don't love your spouse. It doesn't mean you made the wrong decision. It just means you went through a big change. And big changes mean loss of some kind. And that loss almost always requires some level of grief. Sometimes the change is not something that you want. Maybe it's something um, that you weren't really desiring. Maybe it's a loss of a job that wasn't your choice. You got let go or laid off and you're struggling through that. You need to grieve through that situation. That loss is still painful. For many of us, our work is deeply connected to our sense of identity, whether that's right or wrong. Again, that's another episode, another podcast. But what, what I can tell you is it's real. It's a reality that both men and women identify greatly who they are by what they do. And when you, when a job is taken away from you, when you're not able to leave it on your own accord, there is tremendous grief that comes with that. But I can tell you that even when you leave a job willingly, something that I did, I stepped out of my role as a full-time staff member at a church and with the lot of prayer and a lot of thought and clear direction from God, followed and pursued this idea that I would become a speaker and that I would build my ministry as a speaker around my marriage and whatever future family we might have. That was a choice that was made after months of prayer, talking to my husband, us both praying about it, talking about it, planning for it. It was absolutely the thing that we knew we wanted to do. And yet I still felt a sense of a loss of identity with that change. I still grieved. I can distinctly remember, this is such a funny story to me now, but I distinctly remember it was the first time in my adult life that I didn't work somewhere and have my insurance coming through my job. Because even when I got married, I still used 
my health insurance was the one that I had with my job. My husband had his. So when I quit my job, he had to add me to his insurance plan at his company. And I distinctly remember getting my insurance card from him and it didn't have my name on it. It had his name on it. And then it had the word dependent in like really bold, large font on the card. Like, I don't think they needed to be that large. Um, and I just remember looking at that word dependent and bursting into tears <laughs> because for me, this idea of being a dependent, it was like I'd lost something huge in who I'd always been. I mean, here I was this 38 year old woman who had always worked since the time she was 16. And since she'd been out of college at 22, had had a job where you know, I had my name on all the things and suddenly my name isn't even on the card. And it just, it just really hurt. It was, it was painful. And I, I can't explain it other than using that word of painful. And I had to grieve that. And I remember talking that through with my husband and wanting him to understand that it wasn't that I didn't like the fact that I was in some way dependent on him for something. It was just such a big change from who I'd always been. And we were just still figuring that out. Now, for us, when we really began to figure out like how much grief was interwoven into our lives, really hit for us with our miscarriages. Um, we had a miscarriage with our first pregnancy and then our second pregnancy. And then after that second pregnancy, because of my age, I was sent to an infertility specialist. And it was in that journey with an infertility specialist that I was told I had a very, very low chance of carrying a child to term. Um, my egg quality was extremely poor, so low they couldn't recommend any other procedures, and I would just basically have to hope for one good egg. That, I remember going through a grieving process with that, not of the loss. I mean, I grieved the two miscarriages, the children that I hadn't been able to carry to terms and hold in my arms, but I was grieving a perceived loss of um, just the ease with which I thought having a child was going to happen. I had to grieve this idea that my body may not be able to do the thing that I thought it would just automatically do. And it was through that process, we then ended up having a child that we very much had prayed for fervently and had many people praying for in our lives. And we got the child and we were so happy. And I was fortunate to not experience, um, I didn't experience postpartum um, depression or anything of that nature, but I did experience the very common, our lives are totally different now in that just going to Target became a whole new experience. Because now I need a bag with all the stuff in it for the baby. My first trip to Target when my daughter was a newborn, I did not take a diaper bag. I know. You're, all the moms are flinching. Like, oh, honey. I didn't know. In my mind, I needed to run in Target, grab two things. I had just changed her diaper. I just nursed her so she wasn't going to need anything. There are those air quotes again. I'm just going to run in there. It'll be quick. <laughs> I mean, I ran in and it was quick. <laughs> and it was quickly turned into a hot mess. And I still distinctly remember being at the cash register, holding my daughter. I didn't take a stroller. I didn't have my baby carrier. I was just holding her. Again, straight up rookie, you guys. And she's crying loudly, as infants can do. And I'm 
starting to cry, as new moms do. And the woman behind the cash register was just doing her job, but needed me to pay. And I had to get my card out. And I couldn't like wrestle my wallet open and juggle and hold the baby. And this sweet older woman was behind me in line. And she said, do you want me to hold the baby or get your wallet? And I said, did you get my wallet? <laughs> and she reached in my purse and pulled out my wallet and opened it up and told which card. And she put it in the thing and we just hit credit. So we wouldn't have to worry about codes. And she put the card back in and put it. And she's like, you're going to be just fine. You're doing great. Which is probably why I, to this day, will say to moms, you're doing great, mama. You're doing great. I say that to moms all the time. I post it on their social media post. I say it in person. I've said it to moms I don't know at all with a crying child in Target because that moment, that woman's encouragement is the only thing that kept me from just sitting on the floor in Target and sobbing until my husband came to get me. But I had to grieve the loss of freedom of being able to just hop in a car, run to a store, grab something and run back out. That was over. That was the day I realized that time of my life was over. Sometimes we have to grieve the loss of friendships. You know, some friends come into our lives for, and they're forever friends. Some friends are acquaintances. Some friends, these are kind of my favorite friends because maybe as a person who moved a lot, I recognize it. If you're not in the same proximity, you don't get the same connection. But I love those friends that you can reconnect with whenever you do encounter them again. I have a dear friend that I've known since I was 14 years old. My friend Patricia, she lives up in Massachusetts. We went to high school together. We were in like the same homeroom. We did dance team together. We've known each other forever. She's probably the person in my life that's known me the longest other than my family. Um, we don't get to talk all the time. We don't get to see each other anywhere near as much as we would like to. But anytime we do come back together, it's like no time has passed. We just catch up on information. We jump right into conversation. We're laughing. I love our connection and I love those friendships. But sometimes there are friendships that come into your life and they come to an end. Maybe you were connected for a reason and that connection, that reason that connected you changes. Maybe how you feel about things change. Maybe you have a rift, a true disagreement or an argument and you can't seem to come back together. Sometimes you just drift apart naturally, not because anything bad happened, but just time and proximity, you don't stay connected and you don't feel that same connection and you don't feel that if you do come back together, it's more awkward than automatically back in that comfort zone. We have to grieve those relationships ending as well. I'm going to tell you something else you have to grieve. And this one is one I think that we don't think about very much. But sometimes we have to grieve memories. And what I mean by that is it is really easy to remember things in the most positive light that you can put them so as to hide the trauma or pain or or inadequacies that were really in place in your life in that time. Sometimes you look back and you look back with rose-colored glasses because you don't want to put on the clear glasses and see all the things that were really happening in that season. And then what can happen in your life is you can get hit in the face with a trigger or an encounter or a new situation that can take you back into that the real reality of that time, not that rose-colored memory that you've been carrying, and suddenly you're having to grieve the loss of that sort of false memory that you were holding on to, that safe memory that you were holding on to as you deal with the reality. 
What I want to encourage you with today is the fact that no matter what the situation is, no matter what the cause of that grief is, it is good to grieve. It is really important that we acknowledge, I'm sad about this situation. I'm sad about this change. To be able to say, I'm really excited about this new job, but man, I'm really sad to leave the people and relationships I had at my old job. I'm really psyched that we're moving to this new place that I know we decided to move to, but I'm really, really sad and missing the people that we left behind. I'm really thrilled to be your wife, but I miss who I was as a single person a little bit, and I really want to take a minute and be sad about that. And it doesn't mean I don't love you or want to be your wife. I'm just sad about what no longer is. I 100% love being your mama and wouldn't change it for the world. But oh, sweet baby, mommy misses the freedom of just being able to get up and do what she wanted to do for an hour before someone needed her to do a thousand things for them. We can grieve those things. Grief is a God-given emotion. It is a God-given given opportunity to process through loss and disappointment. In 2020, we had a lot of things to grieve. A lot of us had disappointments, not loss. I'm, again, I'm not talking today about loss of life, but disappointment, vacations that were canceled, trips that weren't we weren't able to take, family time that we didn't get to have, um, graduation ceremonies, birthday parties, all the things that were canceled, it's okay to grieve those things. It's okay to say, man, I'm really, I just need to take a minute and be really sad about what happened and process through that. Write about it, journal about it, talk to someone about it, cry about it. Because there was a loss. There was something that was given up that wasn't, that you thought you were going to have that you didn't get to have. And it's absolutely okay and good to grieve through those things. I distinctly remember recognizing God's grief for the first time when I was reading Genesis chapter 6. I was a new seminary student. I decided to read through the book of Genesis one day, and I got to chapter 6, verse 6, and it talked about the fact that the Lord was sorry that he had made mankind on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Now, God's sorrow and grief was all because mankind was so wicked and so depraved and sinning in such a way and giving him no love or worship or respect or honor. And it grieved him that he had, in his heart that he had ever made man. And I look at that now and I think even God has experienced and has modeled for us grief. He spoke out loud in these next verses. He said what he was going to do. And he said, I am sorry that I have made him. I'm going to wipe them out. And then, of course, we know Noah finds favor in his eyes. And so some are spared. But we see grief in action in the Lord. We see Jesus model grief. Jesus grieved the path he was going to have to take in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew what he had to do, and he grieved that that was his path. He asked his father, is there another way? Knowing there was no other way. There's nothing wrong with grief, and there's nothing wrong with grieving disappointments. There's nothing wrong with grieving loss. There's nothing wrong with grieving things that we regret. I think sometimes when we regret something, we think we don't get to grieve it because we made something made a bad choice, but that's not true. You can still walk through your grief, even as you work towards making amends, making things right. You can grieve at the same time. My encouragement to you today is to search your heart and see if there's something that you've been hurt by, disappointed by, a loss, a change you've experienced 
that you're still really holding on to some grief that you've never allowed yourself to truly feel and process through. And if that's the case, grieve it. Talk about it. Write about it. Sing about it. Cry about it. But walk through a process of grief in some way that allows you to let go and move forward in a healthy way as opposed to being trapped by this suppressed grief that's weighing you down in your heart. When I was able to really share with my husband the grief I was walking through as I felt that loss of identity, I'm sure at first it rattled him to think, okay, is this about me? But when he realized it had nothing to do with him or our relationship and everything to do with me and my sense of identity, he was able to just be there for me and encourage me through it. Don't hide your grief. I don't think you have to announce it to everyone in the world, but please, I pray that you have someone in your life that you can share grief with. And if you're married, I particularly encourage you to share your grief with your spouse. If you're single, I pray that you have a close friend that you can share your grief with. If you're a human, I pray that you have a therapist that you can share your grief with. But walk through your grief knowing that it in itself is not the bad thing. It is the thing that helps you move forward from the hard things. That's what I have for you today. I hope that this encourages you and I hope that you'll use this encouragement to go forward and be a voice of encouragement for someone else that you're going to encounter today, tomorrow, or this week. Come back next time for more and let's be encouraged together.